Good, the bad, and the ugly with Terence Pillay. Um, hi, Terence. Morning, Darren. We do need to give a bit of a heads up on this one. This is not, definitely not for sensitive listeners. However, it is a content um, piece that is that is unfortunately a reality for so many South yes. Africans. And I think it is a conversation that needs to be had. Mm. Um, so I met a young woman called Candace Bowman. And um, this young woman was sexually abused at the hands of her stepfather for nine years mm. um, from the time she was seven years old, together with her sister. He was eventually arrested, tried, convicted, and meant to serve a 15-year sentence, but is now eligible for parole after serving less than half of that sentence. Mm. Candace doesn't believe that he's sufficiently rehabilitated, uh, rehabilitated and says he will hurt others if not come after her. Yeah. if he's granted parole. So she's vehemently opposing this application as is her right in mitigation to the parole board. Yeah. Now the question of parole for sex offenders was brought into the spotlight by President Cyril Ramaphosa in September last year, mm. you remember, mm. uh, when the rape and murder of the university students shocked the nation. At the time, the president vociferously spoke out against parole for sex offenders, yes. saying that South Africa was in the grip of a serious crisis against women and children mm. and it demanded urgent action. Take a listen to Candace's story. Candace, your stepfather is currently sitting in jail serving a sentence. What is that for? He's serving a sentence for being found guilty on uh, molestation charges, myself and my sister, and also a count of rape. And how many years did he get in prison for that? He got 15. Yeah. On um, With all of them being served concurrently. So with that being 15, he is now being given the option of parole after seven years. So he's eligible for parole yes. now. Um, why does that not sit well with you? It doesn't sit well with me because, uh, number one, the abuse went on and on for nine years in total. From the age where I was from seven right up to the age of 14, 15 and you say it was both you and your sister? It was myself and my sister. Uh, the second reason why that doesn't sit nicely with me is because I do not believe that a person as manipulative and that was also proven um, in in the grooming process is what he basically did because it, it happened sometimes twice a day, uh, every day for nine years, is that I do not believe that he can be rehabilitated out of that. So it's going to be difficult, but I'm going to ask you to cast your mind back all those years and how did everything happen? How old were you and your sister? I was seven. My sister is two years older than myself and it basically started as young as, as that where um, where the grooming basically took place was where he would start putting us to bed as uh, my mother would thought it would be so cute as for him to tuck us into bed at night and he would start just with a simple thing and innocent thing of just tickling our backs to basically rolling us over and doing the same. And from there on, um, over the next nine years, he would eventually get to the point of rape. So as a, I mean, a seven-year-old child, what are you meant to do at that time? Well, I did at the age of about eight, did go to my mother, very anxious. I sat on her bed and I started to tear because I knew that I had to tell her at some stage that I was very uncomfortable with this. I remember my mom um, basically saying that I'm taking it too seriously and that um, I'm, I'm a little bit more sensitive than everyone else and that maybe he's just tickling me. What did you feel when you tell your mom that this is going on and you get no support from her? I felt heartbroken. Um, I realized at that stage that the rest of my life uh, going through this, I would be on my own. In your opinion, do you think he's been sufficiently rehabilitated? 
I don't think he will ever be sufficiently rehabilitated. Um, I know him personally. I think I can say I know him better than anyone knows him. So what what are you going to do if this is beyond your control and he's released on parole? Well, there's nothing much I can do except <laughs> up my security. Um, I will. Do you think he'll come after you again? I do fairly well. Oh, jeez, I have. I have no idea how she must feel right now. I mean, can you imagine mm. um, nine years of your life being the victim, especially your, your stepdad being a victim of a sexual predator and then they're coming out of jail like now? I wouldn't know. I don't know how I could reconcile that. And the secondary abuse of having a mum not believe her. Oh, that's the word. Oh, I can't and believe that. So that was quite horrific. So coming up, I speak to Mark Hardwick from The Guardian and we talk about uh, policies and what the law says about um, parole for sex offenders. The good, the bad, and the ugly with Terence Pillay. I kind of have to tell you that it's not for sensitive listeners, but it is unfortunately the paradigm that we live in right now and it has conversations that we have to have. Imagine uh, being sexually assaulted by your stepfather for nine years and then your mother doesn't even believe you. And then that parent is institutionalized for their uh, sexual assault and is released uh, early after only six or seven years. Um, it's scary. It's frightening. It's what uh, nightmares are made of. Um, but Terence, you, you've spoken to Mark Hardwick. I, I did speak to him, but you know, um, I still talking about the president who actually addressed this matter in September. I remember last having year. this conversation with you, and right. I, I was championing myself. I do, I do say that our correctional services have got a much better yeah. understanding of rehabilitation than punitive uh, imprisonment. hundred yeah. percent. So uh, Ramaphosa uh, told a joint sitting of the National Assembly and National Council of Provinces that harsher punishment is needed, mm. and that government intends um, intends this to include the state opposing bail for rape and femicide suspects and to those um, who are convicted to be refused parole. He said that men who are sentenced to life in prison for these crimes must never be released. Um, that was four and a half months ago. Since then, there's been no movement from government to address these issues. Mm-hmm. And abusers like Candace's uh, may walk after only serving a fraction of their sentence. This is what Mark had to say. Mark, President Cyril Ramaphosa recently came out and said that there was going to be no parole for sex offenders. But it's been five months since he made that declaration and um, nothing has happened. Do you know what's going on in this regard? I know that at the time that that statement was, was made, the country was, for lack of better terminology, under fire with the whole you know, GBV movement. There was also a lot of, there was a lot of social media talk around, you know, the LGBTIQ community and how they find themselves attacked in in certain communities. And so he did make that statement at the time that the country was in that space. And I certainly haven't seen any drastic moves towards, you know, towards answering those questions. So from a conviction and sentencing and then eventually parole point of view, what is the trend the world over when it comes to sex offences? In South Africa, our legislation pretty much aligns to what the rest of the world see and do. The challenge is that 
those charged with policing and those responsible for ensuring that that legislation is implemented it just tends to be one of those things that is dealt with from a very complacent perspective when the uh, person is sentenced what kind of rehabilitation occurs behind those walls for sex offenders in particular if you speak to correctional services they'll tell you that they have a really good rehabilitative counseling facilities the truth of it is is that one needs to understand that applying for parole after you were sentenced for 10 years for stealing a car is a very different scenario when you're sentenced for raping a child. The, the dynamics and the psychology behind it are just so so vastly different. So pedophilia is not a crime, it's a psychological condition. And so what they're saying is they have taken them through a process to address the psychological condition of pedophilia. The challenge is that if you're treating someone for that, it's like teaching someone to swim in a pool where there's no water because the person is agreeing that they shouldn't be engaging with children. But that's an easy thing to say when you're sitting in prison and there are no children. Once the parole application is made, there needs to be a reason as to why you're applying for parole. What reports have the parole board taken into consideration? Has the victim being I mean at least consulted like what is her feeling on this on his parole and then what steps are the parole board going to take to protect the victim after he has been released okay. because how can we be sure that this isn't going to happen again it's a tough one because correctional services cannot continue once um, um, once the offender has been paroled and released yeah. um, and I do want to know what he's talking about in uh, in, in in many I'm going to go with um, other countries. Right. Um, the the behaviour with the sex offenders in that they have to announce that they have a record and there's they're on a roster. Oh, the sex offenders um, register. There's treatment throughout. That's not really viable or, or uh, yeah. realistically applied in South Africa. So I, the correctional services do the best they can, and it's but, afterwards know, that the thing is a we have a sex offenders register here in South yeah. Africa as well. But if there's no rehabilitation or no mm. proper rehabilitation um, what is the point so in light of his parole application Candace has upped her security at her home and yeah. taken out a protection order against her abuser because she firmly believes that he will repeat his criminal yeah. behavior it's terrible it's one of those things I wish I could find a quick fix but I'm, uh, I'm it pains to I can't find one yeah all right um, well more we find out on the story I'm sure you'll let us know. I will do. I'll keep my finger on the pulse of the story. But in the meantime, um, it, it's up on the blog if you want to go and um, look at it. And Candice's full interview is there as well. All right. That's on ecr.co.za. Thank you, Terrence. Thanks, Darren. The good, the bad, and the ugly. With Terrence Pillay.